Welcome to The Markitect, a podcast series where leadership and product marketing intersect. The Markitect is for and about the world's best product marketing leaders, chief marketing officers, and their go-to-market partners. Each episode will help you unlock your professional potential as our guests share how they build impactful teams and optimize their go-to-market. This podcast is presented by Pavilion, powered by Casted, and produced by Share Your Genius. Welcome and enjoy the show. Welcome to another edition of The Marketech. And today we're going to tackle a topic that is near and dear to not just product marketing hearts, but those of the CMO, the entire leadership team, because frankly, people get it wrong more so than they get it right. And it sucks the resources and the morale of companies and the traction of companies. And what am I talking about? I'm talking about product launch, especially at B2B tech companies. Most of them get it wrong. And why? Why do they get it wrong? You know, I'm about to share my, my two cents here, but I'd rather hear from my lovely guests today. Two people I admire. I follow them on LinkedIn. Uh, one I've known for years. The other I've had the pleasure of just getting to know. Uh, and I know it's going to be a, a fast friendship based on her interests. So without further ado, before we get into product launch, what are the challenges and how to do it right and measure it? We're also going to talk about the people that are captaining launches or should captain launches. You heard it here. Product marketing should captain launches. So we're going to talk about what is product marketing? How do we measure product marketing? What makes a good product marketing leader? And with that foundation, we're going to then talk about how those lovely people ensure a successful product marketing launch. Jason. So I'm Jason. So today I run my own business called Productive PMM. I've been a founding product marketer throughout my whole career. So I've started as like the solo product marketer in companies at three different uh, SaaS startups. And yeah, now I coach a great products, great courses for founding PMMs. Those like first PMMs in a company building everything from scratch. So that's kind of a, that's what I love. He missed out a word, not just founding PMM, a successful founding PMM. Correct. I don't know Jason from Clue, and he has nothing but great things to say about what you did for the folks at Clue as their first successful product marketing leader. Elin, over to you. Yeah. Hi, everyone. Thanks for listening in. And also, Rowan, thanks for having me here on this podcast. So actually, I have met you before. I don't know if you remember. It was 2016. You were in San Francisco hosting a product marketing community event. I actually shook your hand because it was one of the first things I ever did in product marketing. And I just remembered like you were so smiley and friendly and actually made me really feel confident about the field. So I've actually remembered you ever since then, and I've been following you. So this is like full circle moment for me here. Um, so which kind of segues into my background, which is that I actually started off as a civil engineer, did six years of civil engineering consulting, specializing in transportation engineering, uh, uh, and worked for that consulting company, realized it was not exactly what I wanted to do for my life, and did my MBA. Light bulb moment went into my head is like, wow, I need to do marketing for tech companies. I made a major pivot into product marketing for tech companies. And since, the, since then, I've worked for about four different tech companies of varying sizes, have been a founding PMM, has also worked for larger teams. And you know what really made me realize in that process is just my passion for getting more people into the product marketing field and help them grow, especially people from different backgrounds. So my focus right now is helping people land, grow, and thrive in their careers in product marketing. So I've also gone full-time as a career coach and also advisors to wow. startup teams on product marketing and things like that. So yeah, that's about me. Ah, love it. And I love the parallels to civil engineering. This is why you're so pragmatic because <laughs> you build such a foundational uh, core of excellence in everything you do as it relates to the positioning then the messaging and then sales and marketing is built on top of that. You, you can't build a house without the concrete foundation. You can build sales and marketing, go-to-market motions without PMM as your concrete core. So Elin, I love the background. Let's get to it. Product launches will not succeed if you do not have a strong product marketing function, or at least someone doing the role and responsibility of product marketing in your company. So let's start there. Let's get rid of any ambiguity. 
and clarify what is the role of product marketing in a SaaS company? Uh, Jason, let's start with you. Sure. So I always fall back on two, call them anecdotes or like definitions that have always really stuck with me. And I like to kind of uh, continuously go back to them. And the one was, and I forget who had this quote, but they said that the role of product marketing is to deliver the right product to the right buyer with the right message. I think that's the order of the phrase. And to me, I really like that because it really, I think it captures a lot of the, a lot of what product marketing does in a company, because one, you need to know who your best, your ICP is. You need to do targeting segmentation, right? So you need to know who you're selling to and be specific about it. You also need to know and build the right product for them. So understand what their challenges are and build the right solution, but then also communicate it back to them with the right message. So positioning, messaging, all of that. So I really like that as like a quick definition of product marketing. And then when I always go back to uh, Lindsay Bayek, who's the, she's a CMO at Full Story now. She wrote this great post on Medium. It's been around for a while, but she talks about the four pillars of product marketing. And there's the strategy side of product marketing and the execution. Mm-hmm. The first two are more the strategy side, which is the intelligence piece, which is like knowing your buyer, knowing your market, knowing your competitors, and then positioning piece, which is all of the who retargeting. How are we uniquely differentiated? What is our positioning and messaging? And then there's the execution side, which is product launches, which we talked about today, as well as enablement, which I think is like a big part of product marketing as well, which is making sure that everyone can tell the right story, pitch decks, more pitch decks, collateral, training around messaging, all of that. So I always like those two. It's like the pillar, but also like the quick definition of what product marketing does. Love it. Right product, right buyer, right message. Simple, easy to understand. Yilin, what is the role of product marketing at a SaaS company? Yeah, I fully agree with what Jason said. And I think those four pillars actually really line up well with Martina Lunchenko's framework in the book Loved. She actually mentions the four pillars as um, I think it's insights, positioning, launch, and evangelism, which is very similar to this framework. And I fully agree with that. And I also think I align with you in terms of the sort of the strategy and the tactical or the inbound and outbound <laughs> side of product marketing, yeah. as you call it. For me, my my definition is really simple. It's for product marketing tells the story of the product and then enables others to do the same. Because I think there are so many other things you're doing, at, you know, like there are some other people doing market research and customer research as well, right? Like maybe UX teams, product teams and everything. There are other people involved in launches, but I think the one thing that the product marketer truly owns and nobody else in the company does that a product marketer should do is positioning and messaging and owning the store of that product. So if somebody asks me one sentence, that's the one thing I would really kind of tease out of that to say this is the main focus. I liked your point there too about how making sure that everyone else can do it too. Product marketers could be like, okay, I need to know the positioning. I need to create positioning. But it's useless unless everyone else can can do the same and everyone else can deliver that message. I, it's just so simple. Story and enable. Tell the story of the product. Enable others to do the same. I love it. It's so, it's so beautiful in its simplicity. All right. We have our foundation for what is product marketing. What does success look like for a product marketing team by the end of the year? I too many folks say, oh, product marketing, you're in this gray area. You don't really affect the pipe or, you know, that's demand gen and, and those folks. And you're not really building the product. That's the product team. I'm like, no, 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 no. We can measure product marketing. And so please welcome your thoughts on what does success look like for a product marketing team by year end? Elin, let's start with you this time. Sure. So that is definitely a very tricky question because to your point, right, you can't, a lot of the other, the metrics are owned by different functions. So the role of product marketing is you're influencing those different metrics in a lot of ways. And, you know, I always like to start with saying we can go hard on figuring out every metric and build the most amazing, you know, attribution (laughs) table to say, how did we influence product marketing and how did we influence uh, revenue and all that and all the metrics, which is important. But at the end of the day, going back to that enablement piece is what is the perception of these other organizations, these other teams about product marketing, right? So for instance, if sales says, oh, we closed a lot of deals this quarter because the product marketing team really helped us with producing the most amazing sales enablement content, right? We couldn't have done it without them. 
And then the product team comes and says, we hit our adoption goals for our product and couldn't have done it without the launch process, the product marketer set up. And then they show it by inviting you to the table, right? They invite you to their deal meetings. They ask you for help in strategic, you know, launch processes. They bring you early even to help you get the feedback into the roadmap process. Ultimately, like, I think that is a more true measure of your success is that they really truly view you as a strategic partner instead of just like an order taker, you know, which is unfortunately quite prevalent in a lot of different startups. Absolutely. I, I love that. Jason? Yeah, I agree with that one a lot. There's sure there's ways that product marketing can, can with numbers measure certain aspects of their role, right? And I think that you can measure your influence on opportunities and you can measure competitive win rate. And there's, there's lots of those ways, but I, I like what Yulin said so much because there's so much of what product marketing does that it is hard to measure on a spreadsheet. And I think that like being able to, I always remember one thing that stuck out to me is like Dan Hamilton, who we got to work with uh, when I was at Clue, who he was the VP of competitive intelligence at Salesforce. And he was like, I'm in, people want me in executive meetings because I have this unique insight. And I understand I'm like in on deals, like I understand our competitors. I'm like on the front lines so often that I can come in and I provide this unique insight that no one has, but it's him, you know, he could talk about all these metrics, that, but like for him, he really was like, they want me in these executive meetings because they value my input. In my career, I sold products to that were like sold into sales teams or sales teams were users of them. And there's always this thing, like if your product, if sales loved your product, it was very sticky. Like it was never going anywhere. It was mm -hmm. hard to people, companies were very hard. It was difficult for them to churn off products that the sales team loved. And it's not to say, I don't want to put kind of say product marketing is like a service or a product within a company. But if you're valued by the revenue teams, especially within your company, like you're not going anywhere and you are going to be seen as like a very a linchpin, like a very important function in the business. And so I think that it's sometimes hard to measure, but I do think it's like what people say about product marketing, the feeling that people have about product marketing. Are you being brought to the table often? Brilliant. So we talked yeah. about the role. We talked about what success looks like. Product marketing into an island of itself is not going to succeed. There are core stakeholders, and you both mentioned them, to ensure that you know it takes a village, if you will, to launch successfully and to grow a company successfully. Who are the key interlocks for product marketing? And what are should a product marketing team do to nurture, forge those relationships, and then work towards successful growth, launch, whatever the program is that they're working towards? So so yeah, so I'll I'll take like on the upstream, I have one team, on the downstream, I've got one. And I think like for me, the upstream, it's product. I think that you would think that product and product marketing have a great relationship or they work really well together, but in a lot of companies, they don't. And if you are embedded in the product team, like if, you're, if your boss is ahead of product or something like that, then obviously you're, you're set up for success a little bit more there. But I even feel in those cases, a lot of times you're just seen as a go-to-market function for product in that case. Two things I think about when you're working with product teams, it's one is you want to get away from just being seen as like passing the baton to product marketing at the end of a release cycle. And then you're responsible for the launch. The more that product and product marketing can work together on launches, planning out the, the, the roadmap for launches, like the more they, they work together as a team on it and like defining shared definitions of those things, tiers and all that, the more success you're going to have. And then the other, and like, I think this is like an ideal state for a product marketer is to be influencing the roadmap. So like, can you bring with that intelligence piece? It's like, can you bring voice of the customer, listening to sales calls, win loss and all of that and help influence what goes into the roadmap, which I don't think a lot of product marketers get to, but I think that that's an ideal place. Um, and then on the downstream side, I just think sales, like, yeah, well, you could expand it to be the whole revenue team, but I think like to get specific, your sales team is such a huge part of your go-to-market, even if you're PLG, mm -hmm. like we know sales is still important. And they're the one delivering your message and your positioning. And if they don't value product marketing, they don't want you at the table, you're not credible, it's not going to work. So I think sales on the downstream side is if product marketing, if you could only have one team that was really on your side and you worked in lockstep with, I'd pick sales. Brilliant. Elin. So absolutely, really uh, aligned with Jason there. So on the upstream side, the only thing I would add there to his point is getting in early in the product development 
development process. So it's not just about the launch process or even getting a little bit before. Uh, I actually did a webinar with one of the product managers I used to work with because we were had so many problems right about this, where we created how can product marketing get involved in every stage of the product lifecycle from discovery to development to deployment. That entire process, there's a role for product marketing because even early on when they're just doing discovery, you have tons of insights from the market, right? Like that you can share like competitive insights, market intel that can feed into it and also help influence the product itself from that perspective. And then on the downstream side, I fully agree sales is super important. All that stuff of enabling them um, 100% aligned. I will say that in some organizations where I've worked at, there's actually very little sales because it's a very marketing-driven or self-service type of company, very PLG-heavy. Um, so maybe you do have sales, but maybe it's 80% marketing-driven uh, or product-driven and then 20% sales. Uh, I just would also call out to not forget to support marketing as well as customer success and customer support. So as part of the launch process, it's also about, or even non-launch, right? Like you're doing regular training and enablement. It's also important to make sure to talk about field enablement overall versus just mm -hmm. one particular team's enablement. Brilliant. Love it. We Good set up points. the window. We talked about the success of product marketing. We talked about the core stakeholders to ensure our collective success. Leadership, product marketing leadership. What does a successful product marketing leader look like at a SaaS company? Because without this individual being a strong leader, the interlocks go by the wayside, which means the successes are out the window, which means the role of the function matters not because no one's really going to want to partner with uh, this lovely function called product marketing. So what are the key attributes? What are you looking for in a product marketing leader to really set the tone? Yeah. So for me, this is something actually that came from one of my mentors who was a VP of product marketing. And the way I like to think about it is really managing down, managing around and managing up. It's literally 360 degrees management, right? So, and if you forget one, you basically get in trouble. So like a great product marketing leader is going to try to do all three, right? At the same time, basically, because the role of product marketing is so dependent on different teams, uh, both up, down and around. So by managing down, what I mean is managing your teams by providing context to them, tell them the business strategy, the vision, and help them think like business owners, share with them the goals of the company, the challenges and everything, right? Don't just tell them do this, like how to do it, but tell them this is the problem. This is the goal we're trying to achieve. And then ask them to come up with solutions. That way you're really empowering them to really practice their strategic muscle, um, and also giving them a, that context, right? It's so that there's transparent share of information because there are leaders who are gatekeepers of information. And that's very common and unfortunate, but that's a very good way of being a leader, right? Because then you're keeping information out and you're not empowering everybody. And in terms of managing around is something, unfortunately, I tend to forget at times, <laughs> which is very important is if you're so in your own like zone, you're like tunnel vision, I need to do this, right? And you forget to really build that rapport with your stakeholders, the other teams we've mentioned before, product team, other marketers, right? Dimension, content, brand, customer success, sales, even things, even teams like finance, revenue ops, right? All of those legal, all of those teams, they're super important for you to continue to build that relationship, adding value to them. And if they've added value to you, tell them how it has affected your the, the company, how it has helped add value, right? That's going to be huge moving forward. And then lastly is managing up. A great product marketing leader also evangelizes the function to leadership. So yeah. the C-suites have visibility. So having meetings regularly with the C-suites and getting the team to work directly with projects with C-suite, right? Getting them that, that visibility, it's super important. Otherwise, you know, if you're just managing down, your team is amazing and nobody else like in leadership knows what you're doing. It's just not useful. I love what you just said there, especially that last part, evangelizing the function that is product marketing, because it is a very misunderstood function. People think it's a silver bullet. Oh, it's the last piece of the puzzle for us to grow. 
uh, to the next level, but they misunderstand what product marketing is. So I love that you said that. Evangelize the discipline of product marketing up to your C-suite and leadership team. Jason, keys to a successful PMM leader. Yeah, I love like those last two, the managing around and managing up. I think a, a lot of what a great product marketer can do is internal marketing. I like to think of it as it's just so many people forget. They think about your marketing to your buyer or, you know, everything is outside the company, but like you have to market within the company. So I think it's like a great call out. So we're going to go through the steps as it relates to launching a product in a methodical manner. Before we do, let's start throwing out a few challenges. Like what are the, in your experience, uh, both as a consultant and as a practitioner, what are the challenges you've seen in launching products? So I think one of them is like confusing releases versus launches. When I think of releases, it's very much a function of product and engineering. It's like pushing code to production. It's turning features and products on and like finishing the, the product development process. Um, whereas launches are like go-to-market motions. It's bringing a product to market. It is driving value for your business, driving value for customers, right? Like telling them it exists, telling them how to, like what the value of it is, making sure they adopt it, all of that. So I think that a lot of times the two are confused where you release something, it's assumed it's launching right away, right? Or it's assumed that a release needs a launch. And so I think the more that you can, and between product and product marketing, like have de clear definitions around the two and be on the same page that... You can release something today and you could launch it later when you're ready or when it makes sense, or you could save up a bunch of releases and bundle them in a tier one launch. So the more that you can understand that and start to get strategic about launches versus just you release something that needs to be launched. Yeah. Something that a lot of teams I think could improve on and kind of in hand goes with that. It's just like product marketers get overwhelmed with launches. Like your whole role just becomes go-to-market launches and, and releases and all that. Mm -hmm. And so I think it comes from this idea of thinking that when something is released, it needs to be launched and thinking that product marketing to your point earlier, Ron, where you said product marketing needs to own the go-to-market. I think that there are smaller ones. And I think this is part of like defining your, your launch process where like small releases, I actually, or small launches, I actually think, or say like tier three, tier four, depending on how you define it with product could be owned by a product manager, especially if it's a small product marketing team. It's like you can provide high level support for smaller launches, but enable the product team to own it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree with Jason there. And the last point, it's exactly what I experienced when I was at Teachable, which is we had so many different small releases coming up and we just kind of ended up bucketing them into continuous improvement. And that tier, basically, we actually trained the product, mar uh, product managers themselves and uh, their tech side to just push them out, right? Just to yeah. change log update, KB article, right? Stuff like that, which doesn't require a ton of different things. And then we just roll it up into like updates every monthly, right? Like product roundups and stuff like that. So I fully agree with it. And I think the release versus launch thing, which I agree is one of the biggest misunderstood things, is another, I guess, um, uh, a byproduct of that is also sometimes product marketers don't push back on product management at all. So they would just say, oh, like product manager come to you here. I have this thing that's going to launch in two weeks, right? And I need you to help me do this. And they just said, okay, well, um, sure. Let me go start preparing my launch checklist, right? With absolutely right. no questions asked. So it's also realizing you're a strategic <laughs> person in this process. You can push back, right? So you have to ask them a lot of different questions. So, oh, why, why are we doing this, right? Why now? Did you do discovery? What's Where's the research, right? To talk about the target customers. Did you do set the goals and all of that. And then you can decide when to actually launch it. So it goes back to your point about once you differentiate, that also helps empower you as a product marketer to be that strategic partner. And then the last part, I will say another challenge is also treating each launch as just a list of to-dos. So I think having checklists is great because checklists do enable us to systematize things. But sometimes the checklist comes at a cost, which is just think the checklist the only thing you need so everybody had now had the checklist the same things blog pr you know like email whatever and then you're actually forgetting there is a bigger strategy behind it so i would say take a step back before going to the checklist and really focus on the strategy first i love that i think yeah. like i've been working on a like a template for for launches and you know a big part of it's like you get the checklist and and all that mm -hmm. and you, it's great and you can do that in all these different product project management tools. But there's a part that 
you just add, like I added, which is like, right now I'm calling it the exact summary, but it is taking that step back to be just like, what's our, what's the strategy here? Like, what are we doing is, mm -hmm. why is this important? And how are we going to approach this launch? Like it can almost be like a ca campaign strategy, maybe however you think of it, but it's like, are we going, is this going to be like, as Tamara talks about, like a rolling thunder sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Like everyone thinks about the launch as launch day, but like, what is the bigger strategy, right? Um, around it. And I think sometimes it's just like, yeah, write it down on paper to just get the the main idea and the big, big picture out before just hopping into a checklist. I think that's a really good point. Yeah. Good. Well, by the way, I will say big plug for Jason's templates. I have, I have people tell me like, oh, I use Jason's templates and they're amazing. So if you're listening, <laughs> check them out. <laughs> Thanks, Helen. Yeah, absolutely. Very pragmatic means to treat your product marketing job as a discipline. And so with that, good segue to let's go step by step in what a product marketing leader captain ought to do when they're presented with a launch. Step one, go. To take a step back first, I think the one, and this is interesting because I've been thinking through this process a lot lately. And the one thing that even when you're trying to talk about how to do a launch, it's almost like before you work on a launch, early, if you're a new product, if you're new to a company as a product marketer or whatever, have that sit down with product and at first mm -hmm. get alignment and a, an agreement on like shared definitions, a framework and a, a system or a process for launches. So, so yes, if you're stepping in, if you have a launch tomorrow, then sorry, you can't have any of this figured out and you got to just figure out this launch. But because if you can have those things in place, so just a, a framework for how you prioritize launches an understanding of if someone's a, something's a tier one or tier two, here's what it means. Because if you have those and you get into some of those situations, Elin and I were talking about where it's, there's like misaligned perceptions and, and headbutting and all that, you can go back to your shared definition of the things you agreed on to be like, no, no, we don't have time for a tier one. This has to be a tier three or a tier two, or this is really important. We need to push this out. So we have time to prepare mm -hmm. for this launch sort of thing. So I think if you have those, so it's like define this stuff first and then when you get to a launch then it's like okay well here's the break here's how we approach a launch brilliant so yeah. love have it. a shared yeah. definition of what launch means have a framework that everyone's going to rally around and then yeah. get to it i 100 percent agree with that so let's say they have that and we yeah. want to <laughs> one to them but no jason bring a great point with that in place what's that first thing and you just touched on it, at least for me the first thing would be no launch is created equal. What is this? Is it a tier one, tier two, tier three? What is this tier? Accordingly, you said it before too, maybe product management runs with this with a little bit of product marketing support. Or my God, this is a tier one launch, which is going to affect change at the customer level, at our organization level. Seismic change is required. We need a more robust team here. What is it tiering? Like, is, what kind of launch is this? Is that the first question we ask ourselves? Yeah. So the way I approach it is to, uh, the step one for me is determine the strategic readiness for launch. So a little bit goes into what Jason was saying. And in that, basically that step, right? You're really trying to understand the why, what, how, when, you know, I'll answer and who of those questions, as well as determining what is the KPI and impact, right? All of that information will then inform the tiering right? And the strategy of that launch. And generally, when I work on that step, I will create a draft of that based on information from the product manager side. And then we collaborate on this document that I call like a, a launch planning document or go to product launch brief that has all of this information uh, where we can then both agree on. And once we have that agreement that answers all of those questions, then we actually officially kick it off into like the sort of operational phase. Yeah. Right. And I wonder in order to be able to, to do that, Elin, it sounds like it, it seems like there's a, a part of, uh, and who knows, this might be part of the ongoing like market intelligence piece of the work that a product marketer does. You, you almost need the upfront research phase where you're looking at your competitive landscape, you're understanding mm -hmm. why this product might be unique or different. And I think that is where both insights from both teams are going to be super important. And I've had a lot of these questions also in my previous job where a lot of other people were like, even product managers confuse themselves. It's like, <laughs> we're doing competitive analysis. Your team is also doing competitive stuff, right? Like, right. how are we working together here? And I always like to say, 
like product management, when they're working on that, they dig really deep, right? They're competing on feature by feature and everything like at the detailed level from a user's perspective, product ma marketers, to your point, we're looking at more broadly, what is the over competitive landscape? Like how are the different companies positioned? How is this going to improve our positioning against those competitions? One is breadth and the other is depth and coming yeah. together. It's super helpful. So yeah, thank you for yeah. pointing that out. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I think that's a great point. There's because sometimes, like to your point, the product is focused on like you know features and functionality. It's like sometimes they could they might not think of a release is going to be as big or important as it is, but then yes. they get it in front of the sales and CS team, and everyone's like, "My God, this is amazing!" It's because they're thinking of, "Oh, this isn't that differentiated," but if there's like a piece of it or something where you're like, "We could really leverage this to be a bigger story or like a differentiator." I like Marcassini's take on the intercom framework, which is like asking the two questions of business value versus customer mm. value to know the business value. You got to know if it's differentiated and, and that sort of thing. So that are great. product marketing, working closely with the product manager is going to create a document. Let's call it strategic readiness. And I like that because there's also commercial readiness and then product readiness. So imagine we now have these three types of readiness, the strategic readiness, Yilin, I just want to double down on that. Why, who, what, KPIs, Jason, you brought up tiers. Should all of that go into the strategic readiness document before we even decide who's going to work on this and then what the steps thereafter are? We're all coming together to say, here's the doc that needs to be filled in, answered before we can continue. Is that step one? I would want all of that information captured ahead of time before we even go ahead. Because a lot of times I have discovered is when you ask the product manager to, to contribute or fill out, they can't answer half of those questions. <laughs> they actually have no clue. Like, I actually don't know what my launch goal is, right? Or have completely unrealistic timelines. And they actually didn't do as detailed of an analysis as, as they should have to figure out, like to validate right, the product. A lot of times they would try to hit a deadline and they would, how do I call it? They would launch products that are not really ready with like half-baked features, then it's very hard, right? For you to even, how do you achieve the goal? If, you know, there's clearly missing things from what the customer research is <laughs> saying. So that that just makes everybody like have a sanity check, essentially. Yeah. It reminds me a lot of a, of like a product brief. That's the foundational piece of a launch. And typically product management will own a lot of that. But if product marketing can work with the PM on on everything that would go into a product brief, which is like, What's the problem space? Like, what is our solution? Like, how is it differentiated? Um, what are our goals and how are we going to measure it and all that? That's basically where you need to start. Brilliant. Product brief, strategic uh, readiness document. Let's just join those things. Okay. <laughs> Absolutely. With a clear understanding of who this is for, who it's going to be positioned against, and what does success look like with that nailed out, what's the next step? You have your strategic readiness doc, product brief doc. What's yeah. next? There's a bit more to the strategy piece of thinking about thinking through your positioning, thinking through your messaging, thinking through things like pricing and packaging. Like there's a lot of that strategy piece that you need to do upfront before you start to think about any like execution, go to market tactics, things like that. Yeah, I, I think it is as like your go to the really the go to market strategy that then it's going to influence everything that you execute on, but things that would fall in there. Yeah, positioning, messaging. It would be your pricing and packaging and thinking through like what your overall like story or narrative might be around that launch. Or even as Elin talked about before, it's like, what is the strategy here of it's the approach with this launch? Are we going to have a beta program? Is it going to be a rolling funder? So not exactly sure what the deliverable there, um, if there's one specific deliverable to, to hit on. Elin, what do you like? Yeah. Is there one deliverable there that you could think of? Well, I think you're right on right on about positioning and messaging and, and that's probably the deliverable. So I, I actually yeah. just put that in the same place within the brief, but it could be a separate document. But I that's exactly where I was going to go as well. It's it is the positioning and the messaging and then the piece, right? Like the product, like the packaging and all yeah. of that stuff. You just capture that in a document. And I do think this is also where you can get input from with the product managers to say, well, this is what, how we're positioning. That would be a really good exercise for them to also see into how you are articulating the value of the product and everything. Love it. Yeah. yeah. Where then does the formulation of team occur? 
So is it after you nail the strategic positioning, uh, your strategic um, readiness doc? Is it prior to that? Here's what I mean by team. So we've said the product marketing folks are going to be the captain of this given launch. Product marketing will never be an island unto itself. Launch is a team sport. Yes. When are you deciding what team needs to support this to bring them together to a kickoff and share these are your roles and responsibilities for each of you as it relates to strategic readiness, commercial readiness, product readiness, uh, and some of these things happen in parallel. But when are you formulating this team? So I actually do it right after you have determined now. So it's, it's like to Jason's point, right? This is all the strategic pieces in place. Once you have all of that down, the next phase is sort of like the more <laughs> actual executing phase in some ways, right? And when you get there, you start thinking, okay, what's my promotional plan? Like what are the different activities that I need to do? What are different channels I need to hit? Once you have that figured out, then you know who you need in your launch, right? To do those things for you. Like if you're saying, okay, I need to launch this thing and I need to drive a huge amount of awareness. We, we're going to bring in our brand marketing team, right? They're going to own the strategy for this, for organic, social, PR, whatever, right? So then they become part of it. But I think one mistake is to bring so many people in the beginning, you know, like who may not even have a role in this thing. Uh, but this is why I go back to the, do not, don't use the cookie cutter approach because then you're just like adding a bunch of channels or things and bringing teams that may have very, a little impact right on the launch yeah. uh, a question there and, and i gotta throw a flag in the play here football reference i, mean, I don't know why i did that i'm not even a football guy <laughs> I'm a hockey soccer guy but during the strategic readiness doc build out and i, I agree with you uh yilin you, you got to bring in uh the right folks at the right time perhaps later but beyond the product marketer product manager working on the strategic uh, readiness doc jason calls it a product brief who are the folks beyond those two and i like, how are we deciding to position this against our competition? What is the core messaging? Who should be the inputs into that strategic uh, readiness doc? I think one, it depends on the size of it. Like yes. you could be, if it's major, your founder, your CEO might want to weigh in on how to position it and, and how important it should be. But I do think that if you have the the like shared definitions on launch tiers and 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 all that, like I do think that in most cases, that initial stage, it could be with PM and PMM. I think that when you're thinking about how to actually bring it to market after that, you're going to involve other teams, but I don't think you need a huge committee to figure out the the tier of a launch, right? And the, to fill out what goes in a product brief. I, I think it's product marketing's job to, to even when you think of positioning as a, a always on type of function, is product marketing's job to work with sales, to understand what's, how, like what's being said on sales calls, like to understand the customer. So to, to almost be able to speak for those teams because you're embedded in those teams and understanding what's going on. So I think in most cases, you don't need a big committee in, at that stage. Oh, yeah, okay. I fully agree. Yeah. I was like, Romy, is that a trick question? <laughs> 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 because it's usually just the PM and the PMM. Uh, and I, to your Jason's point, it can't be, it may not be good to bring so many people, right? Or the earlier stage, because one of the outcomes could be you decide not to launch at that moment even. Yeah. And then if there are bigger ones, then I agree, maybe you bring some leadership, like the head of product, right? Or head of marketing and, and all those st stakeholders in. But yeah, fully agree there. Brilliant. So now product management, product marketing, potentially with some leadership input, has decided that this is the strategic readiness brief for this product. Uh, or massive feature if it's a tier one. You then pull together the right team for a kickoff. What's happening at that point? Or even perhaps before that point? What What's going on? So yeah. I've, I've always found in that kickoff meeting, one, you're sharing the strategy. So the work that you've done up to that point to be like, here's what we're launching. Here's why we're launching it. Here is how it's differentiated in the market. Like So all that initial like strategy positioning work you've done. Um, but also just talking them through the here, like, I think at this stage, like you're typically in there with members of marketing and sales and things like that, depending on the size of the launch. And this is where I think I've always liked to come to that with an idea or an opinion on what our go-to-market strategy, like the campaign might look like. But I also yeah. think the kickoff is a good point, to a, a good time to start opening it up to right, what's this launch strategy actually going to look like? Like, how are we bringing this to market? And you might need, like a kickoff might not need to happen. You might not be able to figure it all out in one meeting. But I think the point is that that's when you need the expertise of people like 
the marketing team or your sales team to help kind of weigh in on what's this strategy? Like, what are the more tactical pieces of the strategy going to look like? Got it. Yes. Agree there 100%. Like the kickoff is where you bring all the stakeholders to Jason's point. It's a, it should be brainstorming, right? It's not you dictating. I think you should. we should always do that. I really try to re- empower the different channel teams to come up with their strategy because they are the experts in their particular channel, right? I'm not going to say you write three emails for this launch, but I'll tell the email marketer, you're owning the email strategy for this. Yeah. And I would love your your input, right? And then this is, so essentially at that point, once you have agreement in those meeting from the kickoff point of view, then you can assign like the racy, the different roles and responsibilities, right? And the rest of that would be, almost like a little bit more project management to ensure things are on track, uh, resolve any issues and challenges as things get developed and stuff like that. And and I also think one other thing just to add in there is um, during the kickoff call, you would lay out all the the logistics. We think it's going to launch then. This point, we're going to have weekly meetings leading up to it, or we're going to meet every couple of weeks until a month before the launch and then weekly sort of thing. Here's the launch tier. Here's who we're thinking is on the team, that sort of thing. So more of the logistical pieces of it too. Brilliant. And then between, I, I love that. So we talk about racy, we talk about milestones for the launch. We talk about the cadence to ensure that we're tracking towards an agreed upon launch date. As they're going through that process, what are the key, and we touched on this a little bit earlier, what are the key deliverables that must be presented and documented to ensure that this is going to really be successful? You talked about positioning as an example and yep. that iterates during the the course of this project plan uh, because new inputs will come in and you know so m- the positioning the messaging the pricing and packaging uh what else should be documented once you figure out your strategy then i think for me i i bucket it into okay what is our almost in phases in a way i guess like you'd have your launch to customers or maybe it's your soft launch and so i bu- i bucket it down into like what are the activities that we're doing to enable our customers or launch this to our existing customer base um what kind of communication do they need there's going to be the what i would think of even as your market launch which is like the phase where okay this is going out to the broader market like prospects potential buyers and these are all the different more tactical things as part of your promotional campaign that you're going to you know, launch this. So it, everything like emails, press release, like, you know, updates to the website, it can get pretty detailed, but there's like customer launch or soft launch, and then your your true go-to-market launch. And then there's a whole enablement piece in there. So enablement being like, mm-hmm. before we do any of this, that's when, do we make sure everyone's telling the right story? Do they have the materials they need? Do they know how to use this feature, right? How to demo it, all of that. So depending on the size of your launch, are you doing these things or not? Um, yeah. And then there's everything post-launch. So it doesn't all end on launch day. Launch day has its own set of activities related to it because there's so much that happens on launch day. Then you have what happens after launch. So whether it's like you're going to continue to have like a rolling thunder sort of reminding people of this or sharing other pieces of content, other things afterwards, and then measuring and doing your post-mortem. I love that. You hit on something that was important. You said by audience. So when we think about a launch and we're thinking about uh, what do we need to do working backwards from an audience perspective. So you touched on, and I'll, you know, I'll bucket it into two internal, external. So the internal, your leadership team, how are they going to evangelize this thing? Your marketing team, your sales team, your customer success team, and, and your support team, services teams, each of those internal stakeholders, what are you doing? And you use the word to enable them to ensure the success of this launch. And then the other side is the external customers, which is your external people, customers, prospects, people in pipe, analysts, your partners, and blah, blah, blah. blah. There's so many others. So as you go through it from an audience perspective, you get an idea of what should we do? (laughs) Right. Yeah, like a tier, you know, even the definition, when you look at your tiers, a tier three, for example, Typically, it's it's like it only matters to customers. It's not something that's going to be like a a broader go to like market launch where you're trying to generate new business from it. And so, therefore, you you just might like x out a ton of the tactics you would typically do for a tier one, right? Because you're only really communicating to customers and enabling people internally that might need to support them. And so, it's that's where that's why it can be so tempting sometimes to just focus on the checklist because when you get into that step you are just executing. Like there's a bill of materials that you got to execute on. People are quick to rush into that. 
but it's important to think about all those other things yeah. that come before. So your product is ready. Your strategy is ready. The commercial arm of your go-to-market is ready. And you launch, and, and Jason, you, you said this, Yilin, you alluded to this before, that's just the beginning point. Now the fun really begins. And you thought, oh my God, all the hard work was leading up to that. This is the, the launch day is the start, not the end of this product's you know, adoption and, and growth and so on and so forth. What does success look like or should success look like when people are tackling launch? Um, yeah, for sure. So, you know, certainly success looks like you hit the goal. <laughs> the KPI is set and by the timeline you've set it at, right? So for me, a lot of the successes really are aligned around business goals. I know there's a lot of confusion sometimes around business goals versus like marketing channel goals, right? Like, you know, X percent of email open rate, it's not the same as like number of customers adopting this feature or number of revenue generated by X date. So I think obviously it's about hitting that goal. And the other things to me are more qualitative is number one, everyone around the company feel like the right people are involved in the uh, launch, right? Because there are some times like if you don't have a very good plan, you're maybe not enabling all the stakeholders. Some people got forgotten in the process and they come back to you later, like customer support, for instance, right? They were like, I just got 50 tickets in one hour on this thing that happened. And you're like, oh, shoot, I forgot something, right? So like everybody was like, oh, that was a pretty good process. Just that internal rapport and support to say we've done a good job. That's an indicator of success because it is such a huge activity. Like it's a company-wide thing, not just product or marketing for that sake. And then related to that is no launch is perfect. Did we learn anything from this process? So I always do a retro after at least tier one and tier two launches with all the stakeholder teams involved. And we do like whiteboarding, you know, in Miro and whatever to really make sure we're taking away something from this so you constantly improve, right? Because, you know, you're not going to be perfect. There's always something going wrong every time. But if you're learning, then you can get better as a company. I, well it, said. You use that word rapport twice in this conversation. And I love that because yeah. the intentionality of that is product marketing needs to build that rapport with all the different interlocks and key stakeholders. So thank you for, for mentioning that. And then I love what you said about the qualitative because most people don't measure this, um, the morale of the folks that you launched mm -hmm. doing that retrospective on did, did this go right for all the different audiences? Um, so, so qualitative is as important. I know we're in a very metric data oriented uh, period, but the qualitative matters as much as the quantitative. Uh, thank you for sharing that. Jason. I've, I think you nailed it. Yeah, there's going to be quantifiable metrics, but I think a lot of it is going to be like doing the postmortem to to be like, what worked, what didn't. I love the whole like start, stop, continue um, mm -hmm. way to do a postmortem as well. Like, what do we think we did well here? What do we want to keep doing? What do we want to not do next time? I This is something I did once, but I wanted to do more of was actually doing like a launch. You know, how you do a sales confidence survey, actually having mm -hmm. a post-launch survey internally love to it. be be able to ask a few questions and have from that, you could have something somewhat quantifiable um, of, especially with a sales team or or like the go-to-market teams of like how ready, how prepared were you for this launch? How did we do sort of thing? Um, it's a good way to have like a measure on how, how are we executing on these launches, like enabling people mm -hmm. specifically. Brilliant. Yeah. Final question. What is one key insight that you like to share uh, with our audience, one parting words of wisdom as it relates to launch or just overall product marketing leadership. <laughs> Go ahead. Think of your career as crawl, walk, run. I think it can be very easy to get overwhelmed earlier on your career. Imagine you're a new PM and listening to the podcast and you're like, oh my God, I don't know any of these things. Or I'm like, am I a failure? Don't think that way, right? Everybody starts from like knowing nothing. If you're keeping moving in the right direction, adopting a design thinking mindset of always experimenting, iterating, adjusting, and improving, then you are just going to get there, right? So take both bets on yourself and make decisions based on how much you can learn and who you work with, right? And that is going to lead you probably to a more fulfilling career. 
Brilliant. And That's and the crawl, walk, run also applies to launches as well, if it's a new discipline for your company. Thank you so much. I love that. Uh, of Jason? course. Yeah, I the one one thing that I've heard recently. So uh, I was on a like an all hands in Tamara's community uh, PMM camp the other day, and Rebecca Shaddix was there, and so she's a PMM leader, and she was talking about this concept of knowing your misses. So like I play golf. Anyone who plays golf, it's like this idea of like when you are playing, when you're hitting a ball, you typically know that my miss is like I hit it right, or my right. So part of of playing around of golf is like knowing and managing your misses, and so. A lot of times in a launch, we need it's important for us to know that everything's going to be perfect. And part of that is knowing like what misses you're okay with. And so, for example, it's, um, you know, maybe with a tier three or four launch, you know that you're going to let the PM own the basically own all of that go to market there or like own all of that release and writing the messaging. Or maybe with your with your release, you might let the content team own the blog post. You provide them with messaging, but you're not going to review it after. It's this idea of like, we're going to be okay that they, that might not be perfect because not everything can be perfect and you'll lose your mind if you try to make everything perfect for a launch. But like, these are the misses we're okay with. So it's knowing that I'm okay with, in this case, I'm going to let that happen and I'm okay if it doesn't work out perfectly. So I, I like that idea of like knowing your misses and being okay with it um, as a way to to make launches more manageable. Oh, and, and, and I guess I'll, the only thing I'll leave, like a shameless plug here, but we... Uh, Myself, Tamara, and Andy McCotter Bicknell, we're working on a course right now all about product launches. It's called Ready for Launch. So anyone who's who's looking to level up their product launch game, definitely check it out and get in touch with me. Love it. Well, and I will... Part, please. Sorry. Yeah. I'll do a shameless plug for do myself. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> if anybody's interested in uh, coaching, growing your career, helping you navigate through some of these challenges in product marketing, feel free to reach out. I'm always happy to just jump, jump on the call and talk to you. I know... Personally, like a number of people that have worked with Elin, breaking into product marketing, trying to find their next role, like can't say enough good things about working with Elin. So anyone Thank here, you. Yeah, Likewise. Definitely <laughs> get in touch with her. Brilliant. And, and this is why we've had these two lovely individuals here, pragmatic, super sharp, and just good human beings. We need more of that in this industry. Elin, Jason, thank you so much for joining us on The Market Tech. Have a good one. Thank you. Thanks, Rohan. Thanks, Elaine. See everybody. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Marketect. If you liked what you heard, please share it with someone you think would enjoy it. Want to stay up to date on our latest episodes and more? Subscribe to our newsletter. The link is in the show notes. See you next time. The Marketect is presented by Pavilion, powered by Casted, and produced by Share Your Genius.